0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. And I'm excited to welcome Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, how are you? And, you know, it's just amazing, COVID-19 Vaccine Show. People keep talking about it, especially because you're looking at it in a different perspective than everyone else.
1: You know, I, I think so, yes. And, you know, we we I started out different. And originally, many of my ideas seemed uh, to, not just unconventional, but they seemed a little bit crazy to people. But they're becoming, what was once crazy, is actually the the best remedy. That's that's basically it in a nutshell.
0: Absolutely. And, okay. So so let let you have big news for us, right, about this virus and where you think it's going? Because we're almost at the year anniversary of it in the United States, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Here's what we we knew uh, just a year ago. You knew that. Remember, we originally called this coronavirus. It is the coronavirus family. And coronavirus was really a harmless cold for the most part. We actually would would get a cold and we'd have a little bit of stuffy nose, but we wouldn't have real high fevers with it. We wouldn't have a lot of muscle aches with it. The really bad thing about a cold was that your nose was stuffy and it's really embarrassing to be in a social situation, have your nose drip uh, or all congested and is all snotty blowing a Kleenex. You know how, how, I mean, I like Kleenex company, but but it's gross for most people. I, I, I get it. So colds were, not, were never fatal. What we didn't realize as common lay people about cold was that the coronavirus that was in our nose would actually go down to our stomach and our intestines would make the immunity for it. We never spent billions of dollars studying coronavirus because all it caused was a common cold, a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of nuisance, no real real severe symptoms. And all of us, at least about a third of us who listens to this show, we had a little bit of gastric upset. We might actually, almost none of us even had diarrhea with, with a cold. Maybe some of us might've got a little bit of it. So we tolerated coronavirus just fine. Then we had a virus called coronavirus that didn't attack the nose so much and well, it would later cause loss of nasal smell. But it it attacked, it grew primarily on the surface of our lungs and our alveolus and it multiplied into billions. And we would be asymptomatic spreaders walking through our communities, talking, vibrating our chest and speaking and these little coronavirus particles would come out and contaminate. Uh, the whole uh, room. And as an aerosol, they would stay in the air maybe 30, 40 minutes at a time. I studied that process. And one of the first things I did was based on a background in physics and, and, and particle physics and air pur- air purification, some of the other background experience. I realized that that was an aerosol based on charged particles. And those, I dealt with that in antivirus air website. Uh, but... Then we came out with, okay, let's do vaccines. Operation Warp Speed got a bunch of money. Big corporations got a bunch of money. And they said, let's do vaccines. Hey, and they said, well, you know, what's worked in the past? Well, go get a shot. All our shots are vaccines. Let's give a shot. And started giving everybody, you know, they, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna save the world when we get shots. Well, as we know, that's not quite the way things happen. And uh, what turns out is that when you get a shot for coronavirus, you make the coronavirus instead of a mucosal surface disease that used to bother your nose, you take coronavirus and shoot it into your muscles or antigens that are similar to it. You begin to have systemic side effects. That means you may have fever chills. You may have local muscle aches. You may miss work for a day or two. And in fact, a lot of the people who do get immunizations now are getting, you know, they may miss it a couple of days. Most of the, you know, people don't, some people are gonna drop dead, but that's gonna be real rare, okay? It's not gonna be real common. But people are gonna be very uncomfortable. A a substantial number of people are gonna be uncomfortable. Now, Pfizer and Moderna came out and said they wanted to use their messenger RNA vaccines as, okay, la-di-da. Well, what they didn't tell you about that was They didn't actually even claim that they stopped transmission. Moderna and Pfizer, now Moderna and Pfizer probably reduce it to some degree because they probably reduce the the level, the length of time in which somebody can have it growing in their lungs. But what makes that virus spread is the growth on the lungs, that when your lungs, when your alveolus vibrates, it knocks those part of those viruses loose and they they hang in the air, that's what transmits that virus. So really there is something exciting, well, I don't, perhaps exciting is a bad word, but what is unique about coronavirus is, is that it's the first in human, virus in human history that is spread as an aerosol in the asymptomatic phase. Wow, that means that somebody looks totally well, they feel well, And yet they're making an aerosol out of coronavirus that's that's being vibrated from their alveolus in their lungs. Wow. So the only way to stop that transmission is to have a mucosal antibodies, period. So the question is, is how do we get those mucosal antibodies in our alveolus that can stop that from growing in our alveolus and being transmitted? And if you fix the transmission problem, you automatically eliminate the risk of death and serious side effects. Because if it doesn't grow in your alveolus and multiply into billions, then those little alveolus, they're not going to pop like little zits and release all that virus into your system. So if you get rid of it on the surface of your alveolus, you stop transmission immediately and you eliminate your future dangers from from billions of the viruses being growing in your alveolus, so you'll have almost no systemic side effects. And you know, I have to thank God. Number one, I have to thank God for all my blessings. I, I, num, I my days are numbered. I count my you know I, I count my days. Uh, all good things come from God. All right. Anyway, I kind of got I I understood that last year. That's not new. I even applied for a patent all the way back in April of last year. And so one of the things I did when I applied for my patent was I laid out issues about it coming off the, I actually applied for two patents, but at any rate, it it comes off the alveolus. The real bottom line is, is that it turns out that when the vaccines came out, they all have some degree of significant systemic side effects, fever, chills, body aches, local site reactions, not on everybody, but on on a good percentage. Now the sign of uh, now the Johnson and Johnson's vaccine's out. And I highly recommend that that is of the three that are currently available in the United States. The adenovirus based vaccines are safer.
0: Oh really? Than those okay. in the middle age and young. Oh. oh really? So this is a
1: better vaccine. Yes. And look, I mean just just to be candid, if if my daughter or my son was in nursing and they were encouraged to get a vaccine, would I recommend to them that they get the Johnson and Johnson, uh, which is adenovirus based vector? Absolutely, instead of getting the messenger RNA. It's one thing to test old people that only have a few years to live with an experimental vaccine. It's another to take your young people who are young and begin to make guinea pigs out of them. You know, I'm an old man. You know, I'm I'm 59 years old. If I want to take risk with my life, that, that's my choice. I've lived my life, okay? But I don't think we need to have children getting vaccinated. And in fact, guess what? There are no vaccines in the United States approved for children. Well, thank God as a country, we don't just sacrifice little children for the sake of vaccine companies and the vaccine industry. I mean, that is something to the credit of at least there are some limits on, on greed in America. So I think that's great. But that also tells you that if you had a virus that is spread by 90% and you got more than 10% of your population, that's less than 14, there's no way to control that virus because you so, can't so, vaccinate so
0: Johnson them. Johnson Johnson vaccine. If you are going to do it, you can eliminate those other two vaccines, run the Johnson Johnson out and have an oral choice as well and forget those two that it just have just not done well.
1: Well I don't want you to forget them. We need to study already what 10, 15, 20 million people have had those those other vaccines. Let's wait to see what the long-term side effects are in those people. Let's follow them and see what the safety profile it may work out five or 10 years from now or, or in a few years that those people that had the johnson and johnson that had the the messenger rna have have fewer or no side effects if that's true then that can gradually be expanded into other age groups with more safety but i think you need to if there's other viable alternatives you need to seek safety first you want to have put safety and vaccine safety above all else. And I think the safest vaccine among the three, Johnson & Johnson, the one with most testing, with the longest study is definitely the adenovirus vector. That's gonna be Johnson & Johnson for the US people. Now over in China, that is gonna be um, Sinovac. The Chinese have Sinovac, Uh, the Russians have, they all use adenovirus-based vaccines. Now, here's another issue that comes up, and this is, this is interesting, and this shows you how the media is a spin zone, and I, I notice it's about 7.19, so we're only going to talk about three or four more minutes. The truth begins to come out. Originally, you remember six months ago, uh, Pfizer Moderna, you know, not six months, months ago, Pfizer Moderna come out and say, hey, we're 90, 95% efficient. That data was based on severe cases and life threatening cases. It turns out that the adenovirus vaccines were only claiming about they were claiming about uh, 50, 60, 70 percent on all cases, even the moderate. But they they really did a good job of preventing all fatalities. Does that make sense? So they the adenovirus based vaccines were basically as effective as messenger RNA, but the press never went into that. They would always throw out that ninety five percent number. It was often taken. It was mis, It was it was misinterpreted by massive amounts of the public to make them think that the messenger RNA was a great vaccine and that they ought to be investing in messenger RNA. And and you know, hey, I I, I get the investment thing and and wanted to pump your stock. And there was, no, there was no punishment for any type of exaggeration. And look, if you tell people they can exaggerate, is it their problem if they exaggerate? So Mod- Moderna and Pfizer, they were uh, af- largely effective at preventing incidences of death from severe cases. But their, their efficacy compared to the adenovirus group was greatly exaggerated. And by the same token, I think you'll find that the side effects were were at the same time minimized. And that should be expected. When you give people immunity from all civil prosecution and you give them incentive, then they're not practicing good business if they don't exaggerate and try to fleece you for as much money. That's what capitalism is, isn't it? I mean, always exaggerate your claims if you can get away with it, Isn't, isn't that what? What our society is based on. And if they don't have any liability, that's what they were supposed to do. How could you expect anything else? Uh, Now, that having been said, I think Pfizer is, Pfizer shows some good, I think both of them have some merit, the messenger RNA as well as the, as well as the, uh, for Pfizer Moderna. They're not, they're not evil, evil people. They're just human beings. And, and their technology may have applications in many other areas. Uh, so good for them. But they're not going to be the solution at stopping transmission. And neither is Sinovac. The only solution globally for stopping transmission of that virus is going to be oral, oral tablets, oral capsules. Yes. And we are applying for a patent on that. And guess what? I'm an American citizen. I did first grade on a U.S. Air Force Base over in, actually it was was first grade American Air Force Base over in England. My dad was in the military. I voted for Trump. But even though I voted for Trump and wanted to drain the swamp, guess what? I'm filing my patents in China because I consider the Chinese more honest than the U.S. legal industry and the U.S science industry. And is that a shame? Yeah, that's a shame, but that's reality. So that means then you'll have a vaccine when you file the patent. Uh, Guess what? We already have the vaccine. The real question is the industry is going to be forced to do inoculation in all these remote areas. So this is what's so great about this is so great. So, okay. Yes. And and it is good. a, A year from now, my prediction is inoculation will take off and be the main form of treatment in third world countries. And they're going to be forced to do that. And then they're going to be saying, well, who gets the credit? I'm sure some way the big, uh, you know, Harvard, Yale, Ivy League schools will want to claim credit. I'm sure they're they're going to say that it was all in, invented in the United States. Well, you know, technically the original provisional patent was over here that I did. But, you know, then it'll be who gets the credit. And,
0: so, you know, so, so you think your vaccine, last point, you think your vaccine will be distributed at one point in
1: time? It's going to be probably by this winter. They will be forced to. It's too easy to do. And then it's about who's going to get, who's going to get credit for it. And it's, let me tell you, the technology involved, it's not so complicated that, that mid-level countries can't master that. It's going to be, become the norm. And I, I'm hoping that China, I'm hoping that there'll be, I need to be positive. Let us pray that there is international cooperation toward making the oral live vaccine of the solution because that is the solution. Okay. All right. So
0: antivirusair.com. Check out the the COVID-19 vaccine show. Make sure that you listen to all the episodes. Check out Dr. Mark Hayden, all social media sites. And very soon, we're going to be announcing the big event where Dr. Mark Hayden is going to prove that his oral
1: vaccine works, correct? Hey, let me tell you the side effects. I can take an oral vaccine every day the rest of the year. You can't do that with your intramuscular vaccines. Realize to look, make to plan for the future, you have to have a vaccination that you can change month after month, week after week, year after year. You're not going to be able to do that with this intramuscular vaccines. I can out... It is, you develop tolerance to the, the, to, the, to the virus in the community when you have an oral vaccine. You, you develop hypersensitivity often when you get to intramuscular. That's the difference.
0: All right. Okay, thanks again, Dr. Mark. Great show, and we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. All right, Bye. that was
0: COVID-19 vaccine show, guys. Take care.